How is everyone this morning? Good? Doing well. Isn't it terrible when you have to have glasses to drive and glasses to read and glasses to use your computer? Is that a sign of age? No, it's just bad eyes. <coughs> well, before I get started this morning, I wanted to say something that I have said in the past before about um, when I come up here and I stand before everybody, and it, it just makes me have this appreciation more for what Mike does and what full-time <laughs> pastors do in shepherding their flock and how the responsibility is, it's an awesome responsibility, and I don't take it lightly. And I have to admit that this week has been kind of a struggle for me in, in trying to prepare for this. So in saying that, it's not a disclaimer. I'm just saying that, in honesty, it, it was a little bit of a struggle for me to get through this this week. There's been some things that have transpired, and we don't need to go into all of those, but <clears throat> I do appreciate what you do, Mike. It is, it's a blessing to all of us, there's no doubt, no doubt. All right, 1967 was the year. The Vietnam War was raging. More and more people around the world were getting angry and frustrated. Peace and love, that was the mantra that you would hear echoing around the globe. And here in the States was no exception. The United States has, had gotten into the war. They were heavily involved. And you could see and hear about protests all over the country, but especially on the West Coast. And if you saw any of those protests, you may see signs that said, make love, not war. And you know, the problem with those protests is that the protesters weren't being very loving. And they weren't being very peaceful. So peace and love wasn't really on their hearts. It was more anger and bitterness. That's what was driving them, not love. That very same year, a man that many of you would know by name, some not, John Lennon, of the, the late John Lennon of Beatle fame, wrote a song titled, All You Need Is Love. And many of you may remember that song. You may remember the lyrics, but I just happened to make a copy of them this morning. And I just want to read the lyrics. And it starts out repeating love, love, love over and over again. But then it says, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> I cut it short. I'm not going to sing it. There's nothing you can do that can't be done. There's nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Nothing you can say, but you can learn how to play the game. It's easy. All you need is love. That's all you need. There's nothing you can make that can't be made. There's no one you can save that can't be saved. Nothing you can do, but you can learn how to be you in time. All you need is love. Love. That's all you need. <clears throat> you know, when John Lennon wrote that song, um, it was not coming from any kind of a biblical stand whatsoever. It wasn't scripturally based at all. And basically what he was trying to tell us in that is whatever you're trying to do, whatever you want to do, whatever the problem may be, in order for you to succeed... 
All you need is love. Love's going to solve all your problems. It's going to allow you to do whatever you need to do or want to do. Love's the answer to everything. Sounds pretty good, right? Soothing. Just the right medicine for the pain. And that's why a lot of people would gravitate to that song. A lot of people could take comfort in that. And you know we do need love. We still need love. But not that type of love. We need God's love. And you know we know we have God's love because Scripture tells us that we have God's love. It tells us God is love. There should be no doubt in any of our minds and in our hearts that God loves us because it's an unconditional love. He's told us that. But that's not the end of the story. I can't ride off into the sunset now and live happily ever after. That's, that's not where it stops. That's just where it begins. So then the question comes to me in my mind, so what's required of me or us? If that's not, if that's not all there is, love, what do I need to do? What can I do? So I wanted to look at a couple of verses first this morning that talk about God's love for us and, and to prove without any shadow of a doubt that God loves us. First of all, from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. John MacArthur wrote that God is the essence of love, and love is inherent in all He does and all He is. And even His judgment and wrath is perfectly harmonized with His love. You know, think about that, because you and I don't usually equate judgment, and wrath with love. But God, the Father, loves us as His children. The Bible says we're adopted in His family. He has adopted us. We are His children. And like any good parent, sometimes we have to discipline. Sometimes we have to punish. People call it tough love. But it has to be done. You know, as a father or a mother, we'll need to make decisions that aren't going to be real popular sometimes with our children. And it may cause friction in our relationship, especially when the children get a little older. And I can certainly attest to that as we were raising our older two children and we were, we were struggling And it was difficult at times. And we butted heads a lot. A lot. A lot. Too many times. But we stood our ground. We held strong because we knew what we were doing was right. And God will do that for us because He loves us. He's more than willing to do that because He loves us unconditionally. 
And he knows what we need. He knows just what we need. He has the answer. He has the solution. The next verse I wanted to look at is, is probably the, the most well-known verse in the Bible, John 3.16. And you will see that in football games. You'll see it in basketball games, people holding signs up. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved us so much that he gave the life of his Son for a world full of sinners, people who mocked him, people who hated him. And these people would do and did anything and everything they could within their power to keep other people from believing in him. He did this for a world that wasn't worthy. We didn't deserve it. Why? Why did he do it? Because he loves us unconditionally. And you know, I could go on. There's more. There's a lot more in here about why God loves us. But I think at this point, it's pretty obvious that he does. should be no question in our minds. So I want to think about and turn our focus now on what our response is supposed to be. And what does that love look like from us to him and to others? The Christian dictionary defines love in several different ways, six or eight or ten probably. But three of them I picked out here specifically. The first... Love is a strong feeling of affection and concern for a person, such as a mother's love for her children. Second, love is an emotional, romantic feeling towards a member of the opposite sex. And third, to feel a passion or devotion or a tenderness for is love. And there's others. But it seemed to me as I read through those, there was a common theme there. And that common theme was that love is a feeling. Some sort of a feeling. A feeling to feel. Make you warm inside. Give you butterflies. Maybe make you queasy or have sweaty palms. Weak knees. And you know, I'm not willing to say that there aren't any viable emotions in love. I don't want to say that at all. But I feel when Scripture tells us to love one another, it's more than just feelings. There needs to be action. Action involved in that. Not just feelings. Not just emotions. So how can I show someone then that I love them? How can I, sh- how can I possibly show somebody that I truly love them if I'm not willing to do something for them? Well, 
I'm not talking about, you know, trying to prove your love for someone. I'm talking about expressing it. John 15:13 says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. If everyone remembers, and this was just in the theaters here recently, the movie End of the Spear, and we know the story. Nate Saint and Jim Elliott and Roger Yatterian and all and the other two gentlemen that went down <coughs> into Ecuador to be missionaries to these Indians there that were dangerous. These men were risking their lives, and they knew that going in, but they also believed that that's where God wanted them, right there. He wanted them right there in the midst of those people. And the Waranis, or the Alcas, as they called them, they were very dangerous. They had proved that. Alka means um, warrior, or I'm not exactly sure, but it's they weren't very nice people. But these guys loved them so much, and I've never even met them. They loved them so much that when they got there and the time came, instead of protecting themselves, which they had every right to do, what happened? They let them kill them. They allowed themselves to be killed. It's the same thing that Christ did for us. He allowed himself to be killed for us. They allowed themselves to die for them. And that could have been the end of the story Right there, that could have been it, but it wasn't. And there were a lot of people, I read some articles, a lot of people in the media that said, what a waste, what a waste, how senseless that was. And they just didn't understand. And I have to admit, I didn't understand myself. And again, that could have been the end of the story, but Rachel Saint and Betty Elliott went back that very tribe, the very tribe that killed their loved ones and ministered to them and brought the gospel to them. They brought the good news of Christ to them so that they could show them Christ's love and they could have Christ's love. That's not feeling. That's not emotion. That's action. That's doing something about it. We know the rest of the story. It's history. The tribe turned around. That's just incredible to think about that. Nate Saint has written several books. And four or five years ago, um, he went on tour with Stephen Curtis Chapman to some of the concerts that he was having. And he took with him Minkaya. And Minkaya was the very Alka Indian that killed his father, speared him to death, and threw him in the river. And here this man is traveling around with him, loving him like his grandfather. He calls him his grandfather. That's love and action. That's not a feeling. That's not an emotion. That's, that's love. That's something that I don't know that I could do. But he did. And I can see that through him, that God's love is what gave him the strength to do that. 
here a couple weeks ago when Sean was up here, he told us about a story about a Marine who was out on a mission. And to make a long story short, he ended up diving on a, or diving in front of another Marine when a grenade was thrown into the room. And he took all the shrapnel in his back and his neck and, and wherever, and it almost killed him. And people could say, and they could stand up here and say, that's his duty. He's supposed to do that. He's a Marine. Well, that's probably true. But I say, that was, excuse me, that was an action of love as well. And not maybe necessarily just for this soldier here, but I bet he would have done that for any one of the soldiers in his platoon or any soldier, period, because of love. Not duty. That's love in action. <clears throat> Here's one for the guys. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church <clears throat> and gave himself for her. So guys, how do we show our wives that we love them? How do we do that? Do we get up in the morning and walk up to him and say, Honey, I really feel emotional for you today. And go about our business. We need to do something for them. We need to show them that we love them. It's an action. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. I don't know what that looks like in your situation. I, I'm not here to make any suggestions to what to do. Something needs to be done. The relationship needs to be nurtured, and it can't be nurtured unless you're doing something about it. We're supposed to love our children. Not feelings only. Not emotion. We're supposed to love our children, do for our children. We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to love your neighbor. Not feeling, not emotion. Do something. 1 John 4.12 says, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. You know, we show God that we love him by loving one another. We're agreeing with God that we have value because to him we have all, all of us have value. It says God loves the loveless. He helps the helpless. He gives hope to the hopeless. But it's not just a value we have with him. It's a value we show him that we put on each other. You know, quite honestly, if we're not treating people with compassion and kindness and respect, then your witness is walking right out the door. And you know, it's not always easy to do. It's not easy to do because there may be people in our lives that we feel 
don't deserve kindness or grace or mercy. I kind of think of that as the Jonah syndrome. We don't want to see them prosper for whatever reason. But it's not our responsibility to determine who is deserving or not. God will handle that. God will take care of that. We're called to love. That's a good thing. A good thing. It's not just an emotion. It's not just a feeling. We're called to love through action. Because in this situation, our feelings could lead us the wrong way because our feelings are not where they should be. I think this passage is, really hits home in this. It's James one twenty two. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, that applies to every aspect of our lives, but especially our love lives. And it's extremely important to the issue of eternal salvation. God loves us. That's deniable. We talked about that. John 3.16. But that's not all. Because we show Him how much we love Him by accepting Christ. You know, when you think about it, God loves us all. Every one of us. Every single one of us. In the world. Because of John 3.16. But that is not all there is. Because we know that a lot of people that God loves aren't going to be with him. Excuse me. Because they didn't take the action needed. They didn't take the action necessary to accept Christ. And that's hard to think about sometimes because some of those people may be your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad or just a good friend. But that's the case. That's the truth. That's why we are called to spread the gospel. That's why we're called to take it out and to explain and to talk to these people. What they do with it, it's not up to us. We need to take the next step. Accepting love and showing love by taking action, by believing in Christ. That's the next step. <clears throat> when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? He quoted Deuteronomy. And what did he say? He said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Notice what he, he didn't say in there was with all your feelings, with all your emotions. Our love for God should be shown through actions, through obedience, through sacrifice, as He did for us. It sounds simple. It's not always. And you know, love for God is not just demonstrated through giving of our finances. That's important. 
but our time and our energy is every bit as important, if not more. And time and energy equate to action. <coughs> Excuse me. We, Tam and I, found out here just a few weeks ago that the plan um, for this little guy I thought I could get through this. The plan is for him to go back to his mother. Obviously, when we first heard this, we were less than thrilled. Because needless to say, we've grown very attached to him. He is like one of our children. And we love him like he's our own. But that was our plan. It wasn't God's plan. And it's, it's not carved in stone, but that's the path that they're taking. And even if he does, it'll be a few months. So he has a plan for him to be with us now. And so as I thought about this, I thought, okay, I've got a couple of options here. And the first option is I can be angry. I can be bitter. And I can tell everybody how much I think the system stinks. And that, you know, that includes all the agencies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And how messed up it is and how they really don't care about the children. Because if they did, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't put them back in a situation like that. And I could stand up here and I could wallow in my own pity. But that's not what we need to do. The second option is that we continue to love this little guy as long as he's with us. We work with the system to help his mother. She needs guidance. She needs instruction. And that's what we need to do. She needs to be prepared. If he's going back, she needs to be prepared. We want to help her set up for success, not for failure. So he has every opportunity to have what we would say is a normal life, whatever that looks like. But again, in order to do that, it's not just an emotional feeling that I have to have. I have to put that into action. We have to put that into action. And that's a hard one. That's a difficult one. Because if I let my feelings take over, I'd probably go with option one. Moving on here a little bit. John, 1 John 3.14 says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brethren abides in death. This new life that we have in Christ, that we have taken, is about leaving the spiritual death behind and accepting and embracing 
the new spiritual life that we have. It's moving on from, from the hate. Remember, Jesus said, if you're not with me, you're against me. It's moving on past that to love. And you know, lack of love is evidence of being spiritually dead. I remember, I've heard many times the saying, if it was against the law to be a Christian, which in many countries it is, but in this country, if it was against the law to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Love is one of those evidences. Love in action is the evidence. And it's the love we have for our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors. It's the action that we take towards them, not the feelings, not the emotion. It's how we show our love, not how it feels. I wanted to read this morning here before I close. This was a survey done by a group of professionals who asked a group of four to eight-year-olds, what does love mean? When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. Now that's love. When someone loves you the way they say your name is different, you just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. I like that one. <laughs> love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. <laughs> love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure that it tastes okay. Love is when you kiss all the time. Then when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together and you talk more. My mommy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. <laughs> Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and just listen. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with the friend who you hate. Love is when you tell a guy you like a shirt and then he wears it every day. <laughs> Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. During my piano recital, I was on stage and I was scared. I looked out at all the people watching me and I saw my daddy waving and smiling. He was the only one doing that, and I wasn't scared anymore. 
My mommy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anyone else kissing me to sleep at night. Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he's handsomer than Robert Redford. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> when you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. Love is when mommy sees daddy on the toilet and she doesn't think it's gross. <laughs> you really shouldn't say, I love you, unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. I thought that was quite appropriate in how children are innocent at, at those young ages like that and they see things with a little different eye than we do as we grow a little older, especially if you have to have three pairs of glasses. But in closing here then, if I go back to the song, all you need is love. Is that all you need? Well, that's not the answer. It's not the total answer. First and foremost, it's God's love that you need through His Son, Jesus. And we need to reciprocate that love. We need to give it back to Him. And we show it through our love for Him, for our neighbors, for our parents, for our children, for our brothers and sisters, for the stranger in the store, people that we'll never even meet halfway around the world. It is not all you need is love. It's all about love. And it's expressing that love. It's being a doer, not just a hearer. Because we have to remember that God is all about love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again... Um, I stand here this morning uh, humble before you, Lord, and I'm in awe of your majesty as I think about the world around me. And Father, I know this is just one of so many things that I and we need to practice every day, and that's love. Love for one another, but most importantly, our love for you. And how we do that. And how it is more than just feelings and emotions, Lord. It's actions. It's, as you might say, getting down and dirty or getting in the trenches. It's being in the middle of it. Not being on the outside looking in. Father, we thank you so much for the love you showed for us through your Son, Jesus Christ, sending Him to die 
on the cross for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. That's love. That's your love for us. That's Christ's love for us in being obedient and hanging on that cross. Lord, may we strive every day of our lives to love like you've loved us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.